people. And I'ma be with the dogs. Blood on the Travis and serve as a challenge coin. I'm the boy, so I had to speak. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. If you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything will help. And here's where we'll start today's show. So, game three went, you know, game three. Of the NBA Finals is exactly how I thought the Bucks would play the entire series. They went at DeAndre. Giannis has been on a different level. They went at DeAndre Ayton. Uh, they just kept going to the paint. Giannis kept going. He did take a couple shots, but he he majority of the time went to the paint. Uh, he had free throws. I think it was like nine or twelve for like fifteen or something like from the free throw line. Like he, the game went exactly how I thought the Bucks would play the entire entire season. Or entire series. Drew Holiday was hitting shots. Chris Middleton was hitting shots. Um, and the Bucks won game three by 20. 100 to 120. And the, the takeaway that I got from game three. I got a couple takeaways from game three, actually. Takeaway one is this. My theory is correct. I'm not going to toot my own horn, or I'm, but my theory is correct. Home court advantage really only works. I'm going to say home, not works. Home court advantage really is meant for away players. I mean, not away. What am I saying? <laughs> home court advantage is made is, is the advantage goes to the role players, meaning role players play better at home. They shoot better. They feel better. They know the rims. They know the courts. Stars and superstars, they pretty much play well wherever they or they, they're expected to play well wherever. It's just role players play better at home. And as we saw, Bobby Portis played better. Uh, Chris Middleton played better. Um, P.J. Tucker was hit, hit some shots. Uh, Drew Holiday was finally hitting. In fact, if you look at Drew Holiday, if you look at his best games outside of, I think, one or two games in Brooklyn, he's played well. No, one or two plays in Atlanta. Every time he's played his best games right at home. And another takeaway I took from the game is we're really starting to see the same thing that we saw in 2020 uh, with the Lakers and the bubble. It's the same thing we're seeing against Phoenix. When it's all said and done, if Phoenix wins the NBA Finals, more than likely Chris Paul is going to win the Finals MVP. And again, I, I understand completely why this is his first Finals in what 16 years or whatever like that um he's he's been a very important cog to this finals team i mean to this phoenix team i mean a year ago phoenix didn't even make the playoffs even going 8-0 in the bubble they still didn't have a good enough record to make the playoffs and this year they're in the nba finals and at the, as we're speaking it is two they're up 2-1 in fact the game is tonight game 4 is tonight um However, I say this is going to be it's going to look a lot like 2000 or it's starting to look a lot like 2020 is the Phoenix Phoenix goes as far as Devin Booker takes them at this point. 
if you look at every single game in these playoffs that Devin Booker had a good game, more than likely they won. Every game, if, if you look every single game, every single game, I actually looked it up. Every single game Devin Booker played bad, they lost. And Devin Booker played his worst game of the entire playoffs in game three. And it's, it, there's no, it, it's not a coincidence that the Suns lost by, what, 10, 20 points. Now, do I think that the Suns are done? Do I think that, you know, it, they're not going to win another game? No. Do I think the Bucks are done? Do I think that now the Bucks are just going to steamroll? No. But I do think that this next game is more is is extremely important for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it's extremely important for both teams. For the Bucks, you want to do exactly what the Suns did. You you handled home court. You 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 controlled home court. You won both games. You're supposed to win at home, and you did that. Giannis is on the roll. Giannis is is playing. At, at an absurd level at this point, uh, he's he's putting up numbers that only Shaq, LeBron, and other players like players like that stature has done. Michael Jordan, um, and you also this game is important for the Bucks because you want to continue again, as we've seen in this playoffs. You don't know what you're gonna get from Drew Drew. I mean, uh, Drew Ble- Drew Holiday. I said Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get from Drew Holiday. You don't know what you're going to get from time to time from Chris Milton. You don't know what you're going to get from Brooke Lopez. You don't know what you're going to get from uh, Pat Connington. You don't know what you're going to get from P.J. Tucker. So you want them to have their, their best games when they're supposed to have their best games, which is at home. So if they play like they did last game, which is game three, they should win. I mean, Giannis was in intact mode. from, from he, he was unstoppable. The last two games, now I know they lost in game two, but he's been unstoppable pretty much the last two games. And it, it, it he's playing like he never hyperextended his knee just a week or two ago. So for the Bucks, you want you don't want to go back. The last thing you want to do is go back to Phoenix down 3-1. That's the last thing you want to do. Because as we know, like I just said, their role players have not played well really in Phoenix. For the Suns, the I, I, while yeah, it's only going to be two two. At this point, the momentum shifts drastically to the Bucks. Giannis is playing like the, which he is the best player in the series. Chris Middleton has got on track. Uh, Drew Holiday has got on track. Which to me, Drew Holiday is probably the key. To in fact, we'll, we'll talk about it a little in a second, but. The role players that got on track and the Bucks. I mean, let's let's if you want to be a thousand percent real with it, on paper, the Bucks are a better team than the than the than the Suns. You have like I said, you have uh all def- all NBA defense defensive players, you have f- former defensive player of the years, you have former MVPs. They're they're the better team. They just haven't played like it. And that's one reason why uh what's the name? Charles Barkley said that they're one of the the most frustrating teams in in the league because they any given night you don't know what you're going to get from the Bucks. Are you going to get a team that all they want to do is jack threes even though they're the tallest freaking team in the world or are you going to get a team that plays smart, play efficient, goes to the rim and gets your your bigs in foul trouble, Giannis goes crazy. Like you don't know what you're going to get. Um but the Suns do not want to go back Two, uh, two, two. Especially when you left this, you left Phoenix 
feeling like on top of the world. You were up 2-0. Uh, mo- both of the both the two first for both the first two games weren't really close. You don't you don't want to go back now up or the series tied because it's like especially for a young team you want to ride that momentum you you know so I don't know man I just think that I think that now who what are the keys who who are the key players for each team moving forward the key player in my opinion for Phoenix is Devin Booker and it goes back to the point I just made Devin Booker plays better like and no, anytime Devin Booker's played well, they've won mostly. Every single time he's played bad, they've lost. This team, there while Chris Paul has been the emotional leader, he's guided them to where they need to go. Chris Paul is not at a point in his career where he can continuously give you 30, 35 points a game. He can continuously give you 25, 30. He can't he's not at that point in his career. Yes, he can be good with, you know, assist to, to, to turnover ratio is incredible but he's not the player that can just go get you 30 on any given night or no 30 when you like constantly that's Devin Booker and honestly there's nobody on the butt on, on the Suns outside of Devin Booker that can do that DeAndre Aiden's not putting the ball on the ground Cam Cam Jordan I mean no Cam Cam Johnson he's more of a th- uh, spot up through a three and D type player uh, Cameron Payne, he's not doing it. So, this team is going to go as far as Devin Booker takes them at this point, offensively. And for the Bucks, if you look at every single game they win, Drew Holiday has a good game. Drew Holiday is so important for the team, not only for offense, but for defense. You're stuck playing against, or you're you're, you're stuck guarding a, a, a Chris Paul, you're stuck guarding a Drew Holiday. I mean, not Drew Holiday, uh, a Devin Booker. Depends on who you get switched on. And while he's a first-team all-defensive player, he's going to need to win those battles as well as hit hit shots. And, and the thing that you're seeing in this series is he gets a lot of wide-open shots. And he gets a lot of wide-open shots because Giannis, Giannis is a strong penetration. You don't want to leave Chris Middleton – because as we've seen, he can have a 20, 25 point quarter. So it's it's, it's going to be, you know, Drew Holiday has to hit. P.J. Tucker has to hit. And, and I trust P- Drew Holiday more than I trust P.J. Tucker and Pat Connington. So, you know, moving forward, man, this is this is going to be interesting. This is this has turned into an interesting series. And game four is so pivotal. And another thing I want to talk about about game four is Devin Booker for a second. I was on the GOAT podcast. Shout out to Marcus and the and the, and the crew over at the GOAT podcast. Uh, I think that episode drops today as well. Um, but he asked me a question. Well, I, he asked me a question. Uh, well, no, let me say this. We were talking about Devin Booker. And we were talking about, uh, is he a superstar? I'll say this. Every single player in the league, in my opinion, uh, has the talent of a Steph Curry, has the talent of uh, James Harden, has the talent of a Damian Lillard, has the talent of a Kawhi Leonard. You know, they have the talent of a superstar. If you don't believe me, any given night, hell, a Corey Brewer has a 50-point game. Mo, Mo uh, what's his name? 
Mo Mo Williams has a 50 point game. Every player has the talent of a Steph Curry in them. The thing that set Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, no, yeah, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, uh, KD, Dame, Braun, AD, the things that set, separate stars and superstars is their consistency. Steph Curry is consistent. You know any given night he's going to give you 30. He's going to give you 40. He can give you 60, as we saw this season. Dame Lillard, any given night, he can give you a 45, 50, 55 point game. And even, even if there's a bad game, because I mean, Steph went 0 for what, 13 one time in threes. The next game, I think he damn near set an NBA record. It's like, even if they have a bad game, they're going to bounce back. They're, you know what they're going to give you. I think game four is going to be that game for Devin Booker or or at least we're going to we're going to know if Devin Booker is actually a superstar or not in game 4. And here's what I'm saying. Devin Booker had the worst game he's had this entire playoffs in game 3. And a lot of people question is he a superstar? Is he a, is he just a star? He has the talent of a superstar. He has the frame, he has the shot. I mean, hell, even though they lost that game, he has a 70-point game. I think the third most points scored in the NBA game. Like, he has he has that scoring capability. Devin Booker is a bucket. But, again, we, we're going to see what he's – we're going to see if he really has that Mamba mentality because we're going to see what he's made of. If he comes out and has the same exact game, or I'm not going to say same exact, but if he comes out and struggles like he did in game three, then I it's hard for me to look and, and I'm not saying he has to, you know, go perfect. I'm not saying he has to go nuclear and, and, and go 50. I'm not saying he has to, he has to have a 45 or 40 point game. I'm not saying that, but he needs to do hella better than 10 points. He needs to be better than getting benched the whole fourth quarter. And justif- justifiably getting benched the whole fourth quarter. We're really going to see if Devin Booker is still in that star status or is he a superstar? A superstar, again, you don't have to, sh- you know, you're not going to, you don't have to have the perfect game coming off of a bad game, but you're going to be consistent in, as, as, in a sense of you're going to, contribute somewhere. Steph Curry can have a bad shooting game, but he'll give you what 10 11 10 11 uh, assists or something like that. Damian Lillard could have a 30 point game like that. So we're really going to see what, you know, we to me game 4 is really going to tell you if Devin Booker is a superstar or not. And it's okay not to be I mean Hell, to me, Chris Middleton is not a superstar. He's a star because we don't know what you're going to get. He doesn't have that consistency. He has the talent of a one. He just doesn't have that consistency. Paul George, we talk about him time and time, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. This playoffs really showed a lot, but before this playoffs, he wasn't consistent at all in the playoffs. So so we're really going to see. Game four is really going to show if Devin Booker is a superstar. And another thing that I wanted to address is a lot of people say 
you know, a lot of people are looking at what Giannis is doing and still, oh, well, he still can't shoot or he still doesn't have a three or he still airballs air balls free throws. He still airballs three pointers, which is which is true. That's that is that is true. Giannis cannot shoot to save his life. Or let me say Giannis is, is not a good shooter at all from the free throw line outside of like outside of the paint. He's not good. But I think that a lot of people gloss over what he is good at. I mean, a man that can't shoot threes is still giving you consecutive 40-point games. Hasn't been done in the final since Shaq. A man that can't shoot is still getting damn near a block and a half a game in these playoffs. Like... No, Giannis can't shoot, and and Giannis needs to improve that if he wants to if he wants to round out his game. But let's not let's not overlook what he can do and what he has been doing. Giannis has been doing things again. Giannis, you know, the thing that hurts Giannis, in my opinion, is one the I guess the the other superstars in the league. There's nobody like Giannis in this league. If you look at the other, I guess, top 10 players, you know, uh, KD is not like Giannis. Kawhi is not like Giannis. Steph, LeBron, A, uh, you know, AD, Jokic, Joel Embiid. Um, there's no other player like Giannis. So it's kind of hard to give him a comp. Or people want to give him a comp so bad, but you give him the wrong comp. He's nothing like KD. Yeah, maybe the the body type, I mean, the height, not the body type. The height is like KD, but that's about it. KD operates a different part of the floor than Giannis. He's nothing like Steph, nothing like Dame, nothing like uh, James Harden, nothing like Kyrie. He's nothing like these players. So when you look, it's kind of like, you know what it is? And, and don't, I'm not comparing them at all. But it's kind of like the Tim Duncan and Kobe effect. Everybody wants to praise Kobe, which, again, is right to praise Kobe. But everybody wants to praise Kobe. E, you know, people say he's easily top 10. Hell, people have – there's people that have Kobe best player of all time, and there's nothing wrong with, like, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But those same people will say, Tim Duncan, don't you ever put Tim Duncan in the same conversation as Kobe. Right, Tim Duncan has accomplished the same exact amount of things that Kobe has outside of scoring. Kobe's game was extremely different from Giannis' game. I mean, no, from from Tim Duncan's game. And they both dominated two different parts of the floor, but they both are dominant players. And people will nitpick and say Tim Duncan wasn't that great because he didn't jump. I mean, he didn't shoot or could score as great as Kobe. Yet and still, Tim Duncan was an all-time great. Giannis cannot do everything that KD can do, everything that James Harden can do, everything that Steph can do, everything that, I don't know, man, everything that these other superstars can do, yet and still, he still dominates in his way. So, you know, Game four is going to be very interesting, and I'm excited to see what we're going to get out of game four. So, which is tonight. And, uh, yeah, man, game four is important for both teams. Important, extremely important for both teams. So, moving forward.
last episode, I gave my all NBA playoff teams. I gave, you know, third team, second team, and first team. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to give my awards, my superlatives. I wanted to give my MVP of the playoffs, my defensive player of the, of the playoffs. Like, I wanted to do that. So let's let's do that. Let's first start with the coach. To me, this was a lot harder than I expected. I gave it to Monty Williams because of, you know, what he's done with the, the Suns. Also, because he got snubbed, in my opinion, in the regular season. But the Suns are still playing, and nobody expected the Suns it's not only to be here this year, but to be in the playoffs. I mean, not be in the finals at all. And I think that a lot of that is due to the coaching of Monty Williams. And as we're seeing, as we speak right now, the Suns are up 2-1 against the Bucks. In my opinion, the Bucks have a better roster and better players than the, the Suns. So for the head coach, I have um I have Monty Williams as coach of or you know, coach of the playoffs. Most improved team or most impressive team, let me say that, most impressive team of the playoffs, I have the Atlanta Hawks. First of all, a lot of people, including myself, did not have the Atlanta Hawks beating the Knicks, let alone the Knicks and the the um, the the Philadelphia 76ers. And I didn't have them. I, I didn't. There was nothing in my mind could have fathomed. I, I could not fathom them being in the Eastern Conference Finals, even if you paid me. And they did, and they had a lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think what we saw out of John Collins, what we saw out of uh, Nate McMillan, the coach, what we saw out of Trey Young, Clint Capella, you know, Bogdanovich has a couple good games until, you know, he, he got he got banged up. I think that was, that was the most impressive team that we saw in these playoffs. So I have the most impressive as Atlanta. The least impressive team has to go to Philly. Ha- Bruh, Philly was up. There was two games that Philly was up more than 10, more than 15 points. In fact, one of those games, I think it was like 25 or something. And they lost both of those games. A lot, you can put a lot of that on Ben Simmons. You can put a lot of that on Joel Embiid, mate, you know, the meniscus and everything. You can put a lot of that on Doc Rivers and his, you know, his, he has a tendency to blow leads, but it's a it's a it's a collection, man. This was the year. This is the year to me that they are going to beat themselves up. Because again, look at the landscape of who you didn't have to play Brooklyn. You didn't have to you don't have to worry about LeBron James and Anthony Davis if they would have made it to the finals. You don't have to worry about Steph, Clay, Draymond Green if they would have made it to the finals. You don't have to worry about Dame if he would have made it. You don't have to worry about Jokic because he didn't make it. And if you look at the team, they're they're drastically bigger than the Suns. And this was your moment, man. And I think that's why I think that they're probably going to blow it up. At least one of the one of the two stars, either Ben or Joel, one of them is probably going to have to go because this was the year. This was the road. Man, so the least impressive team, in my opinion, for the playoffs was the was the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, most improved player. No, yeah, most improved. No, I'm going to do six man. Six man, uh, I have campaign, Cameron, Cameron Payne. First of all, Cameron Payne could also be most improved, but I have that. I didn't want to give two award, you know, two awards to the same person. But what he's done, he's been he's been vital for the Suns. Chris Paul, again, isn't at that age where he can play the whole game. And 
the last the job of a the job of a uh, a six man or a backup point guard is you're not expected to be as good as the point guard. You're not expected to score as well as the point guard as the starting point guard. What you're expected to do is keep the ship afloat until the starting point guard comes in. And there has been multiple games where Cameron Payne has not only kept the ship afloat, but he's actually like extended the lead or he's been better in some areas than Chris Paul. And the Sun like the Suns, honestly, the Suns may not be here if it wasn't for Cameron Payne. I know that's crazy to say because I was one of those people like Cameron Payne, the dude that be dancing with Chris. Like I was I was one of those people. How was Cameron Payne still in the league? All he does is dance with Russell Westbrook and stuff. But Cameron Payne has been incredible, man. He has he to me is the sixth man of the of the playoffs. Most improved it has to be Reggie Jackson. Reg, bro, Reggie Jackson was so bad in Detroit, and he really wasn't good towards the end of OKC. That's the reason why, if you listen to what he said, the press conference that they lost, it was like, hey, man, I appreciate the Clippers for saving me. Yo, I don't know who would have paid for – he was about to be on veteran minimum. Like, I don't know who was about to pay for Reggie Jackson until this playoffs. He got, he looked rejuvenated. He was hitting big shots. He was he was consistent from three. There was a lot of games where it was him and Paul George that was that was keeping him afloat uh, because of Kawhi Leonard being out. I have to give Reggie Jackson his props. Reggie Jackson to me again when when they picked him up. First of all, you remember last year when the the Clippers picked him up. He didn't get any burn. He didn't get any playing time really in the bubble, like none. To, to go from that to being one of the most important pieces to your team the next year, like that, that to me is huge. So I have Reggie Jackson as the most improved. The defensive player of the, of the playoffs, I have Giannis. I mean, Giannis, I think, I believe, is averaging like a block and a half a game. Not to mention what he's doing, you know, Giannis, Giannis, he's showing why he's a two-time defensive player of the year. You can give this to DeAndre Ayton as well. You can give this to, well, you can't really give it to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert was getting cooked. <laughs> it, to me, it has to be Giannis. Giannis. Giannis has been great. Giannis has been a solid rim protector, even though that's supposed to be Brooke Lopez's job. Giannis has been uh, okay at that the last few games. Um, yeah, man, Giannis has been good. And I think... Because of his defense, as well as his offense, but uh, his defense is, is is important for the Bucks being where they are. You know, because if it you know the Bucks, as we've seen, Drew Holiday hasn't been has been inconsistent when it comes to defense. I mean, hell, he let what Trey get like forty nine on this man. Like it's <sighs> Devin Booker almost got dropped forty on this man. Chris Paul almost dropped forty on. I think Chris Paul did drop forty on him. I believe. Like, yeah, nah, it's it's yeah, but but Giannis Giannis defense has been good, so I have I have Giannis defensive player of the playoffs, and MVP is tough. MVP was the hardest one in my opinion. To me, it could have went to three players. It could have went to Chris Paul because of you know what he's done for the Suns. It could have went to KD. I mean, we know exactly exactly what what KD did we know exactly you know Kate without Kyrie 
without James, well, without a, a healthy James Harden, KD stepped up in ways that we know he could. But you know what's funny? KD stepped. There was there was people talking about oh KD's legacy's on the line or this that and the third. And KD, I mean, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Like that's what he said. I mean, he had what a 49 triple, 49 point triple double, and then followed that with like 48 points. And if it wasn't for his big toe, he would be in the he would be in the um on the NBA Finals right now. Like KD was good, but I had and and I know this might frustrate some people, but my MVP of the playoffs, and I'm gonna give him credit, was Paul George. Here's why I said it was Paul George. Kawhi Leonard went out. In the Utah series. In fact, he went out in the Utah series and they were down, what, 2-0 in the Utah series. Paul George proceeded to then lead the team in scoring, lead the team in rebounds, lead the team in assist. He got them past the number one overall seed in the West, the Utah Jazz. Then he followed up by playing incredibly well until the end of the of the Phoenix series. And even though they lost in six, there were there was a couple games that they should have won and they could have won. And Paul, you know, the reason why I'm giving the MVP is Paul George finally played like the talent that he is. With Kawhi, he played. He went back to Indianapolis days. We remember what he was in Indiana when you know they were going to the conference finals and going against Miami Heat. And we remember the dunk that he had on on Birdman. You remember the the forty point games that he dropped on the Hawks. Like Paul George was a monster in Indiana, and I I don't know if it was due to the injury that happened in Team USA, but. He wasn't really the same when he came back. He wasn't the same when he went to OKC, even though in the regular season he finished third in MVP voting. And then we know, you know, we know what Paul George is in the regular season. It's just he it doesn't really carry over to the playoffs. And this year it finally did. While I was critical at Paul George with Paul George at some times in this playoffs. I mean, some halves he looked bad in the next half. He'll drop 30. I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, like Paul George to me was the MVP of his team and was the MVP of the playoffs. Now, no, they didn't win, uh, but they could have eased. Nobody had them beating the Utah Jazz, especially after being down 0-2, and nobody had them forcing a six-game series with the Suns, especially with no Kawhi Leonard. So that's why I have Paul George as my MVP of the playoffs. Uh, those are my awards, man. If you agree, let me know. <laughs> if you don't agree, let me know. You know, uh, I'm here to. You know, I I'm here. I, you know what it is? I like I like I like interaction, man. I like you know when you if you don't agree with I'm not I'm not hating. Uh, if you don't agree with something I say, just leave it in the comments. We can definitely talk about it. If you agree with something I say, leave a thumbs up, man. But but. Also, always subscribe. <laughs> Let's move forward. Oh Lord, the 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 ceiling's falling off, man. So Team USA loses back to back exhibition games against Nigeria and Australia. Uh, 
there's a couple reasons for this actually. First and foremost, this there's a word that I bring up a lot on this podcast, especially when it comes to super teams, and that is chemistry. You need to ha- basketball isn't just you collect the great you collect a whole bunch of good players and they just produce like that's not basketball that basketball is about chemistry it's about scheme it's about you know knowing your role and playing it well like basketball is more than just you accumulating a whole bunch of players uh and it works out case in point remember the the now i know they were a little older but remember the lakers when they had carl malone they had Shaq, they had kobe they had um What's his name? Gary Payton. And they didn't win. I think they lost to the Detroit Pistons that year. Like, it doesn't hell, look at the look at look at this year's look at this year's Brooklyn. You had Kat, Kyrie. Now, of course, we had injury, yes, but you had Kyrie, you had James Harden, you had KD, you had uh, Blake, Blake Griffin, you had DeAndre Jordan, and they didn't make it out the second round. Hell, look at the look at the um a team that was better with chemistry, the, the Houston Rockets when they had James Harden, when they had Chris Paul, when they had Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, they couldn't make it past a team that had a whole bunch of players and they had chemistry, which was the Golden State Warriors, Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond, like chemistry. Team USA, I think they they started practicing what two four days before their exhibition. A lot of these players, and not to mention three of these players, are still not there, which is Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, and Drew Holiday. They're still not there. Now, do I think that we should panic? No, I, I mean it's just an exhibition. It is. What, I mean, they're exhibition games. It is what it is. But I do think you're starting to see something that, to me, is going to continue to grow, and that is. Team USA has always had this aura. They've always, because Team USA is the best team in the world. That's that's just how it is. Team USA has the best players. Team USA is has that allure of we have the most talented play. Ever since that team that that won bronze and the Redeem team, like ever since the Redeem team, pretty much Team USA is like you know, hey, we we have the best players. Hell, the Dream Team had every every player on the Dream Team and coach outside of Christian Leitner are Hall of Famers. Like, Team USA has always had that aura of we are the best. It doesn't matter what you throw at us. We have the best players. And that is still the case. You know, Team USA still have the best players. There's nobody in the world better than, like, outside of USA that's better than KD, better than Bradley Bill, better than Damian Lillard, better than any of these players. However, these teams are starting to catch up. Shouts out to Nigeria. Shouts out to Australia. They have NBA talent. Nigeria, they, I mean, Australia, they had Joe Ingles. They had Matisse Thimble. They have Patty Mills. Like, these teams are starting to to catch up now. Do I think that they're better than Team USA? No, but you these teams are starting to get more and more NBA players and better NBA players. I mean, hell, uh, Argentina is it Argentina. 
Yeah, no, Greece. Greece, you're still gonna have to see Giannis. You still gonna have to go up against uh you're still gonna have to go up against Nikola Jokic. You're still gonna have to go up against Luka Doncic. These you're still gonna have to go up against Rudy Gobert. Or Gobert, whatever you want to call him. Or whatever his name is. What I'm saying is that allure of while yes, Team USA still has the best players. They still have the best players in the world. They still, you know, is the best they're still the best team in the world. It's just teams are catching up. Do I think that they're there? No. And I'm also not panicking. They're just exhibitions. This team has only been together for six days at this point. Seven days. And three of their players are missing. You know. Another thing that another reason another thing that you're seeing is Team USA Gone are the days where you can just beat someone offensively. That's just not happening anymore. Hell, look at the Brooklyn Nets. You're not just going to beat someone offensively anymore. If you look at Team USA, they only have two defenders, and that is Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo. And the thing about those two is they're not the perimeter. They're not perimeter defenders. Damian Lillard is god awful at the defense. Bradley Bill isn't that good at defense. Zach Levine is god-awful at defense. And as you're seeing, which you saw against Nigeria and which you saw against Australia, they're getting destroyed in, by perimeter play. Another thing that you're seeing is they don't have a they don't have a true big. Their big is Bam Adebayo, who isn't really a true big. You know it's bad when you had to bring they, they have to play. Kevin Love, Kevin Love. When's the last time you heard anything? And don't get me wrong, Kevin Love is still a good player, still a serviceable player. But when's the last time you heard really anything from Kevin Love? Who still, by the way, I know if you if you go if you go to like an NBA trivia game, I put money that you'll stump people. How many games did Kevin Love play last year? In fact, how many games has Kevin Love played since LeBron James left? Get me wrong. Kevin Love is still a good player. He's still an important player to. He could still be an important player to a championship team, but they team USA needs him because they don't have a re, they don't have a real true rebounder. Their best rebounder is Bam Adebayo. Gone are the days where you're just going to beat people offensively. As we're saying, you have one of the greatest offensive players to ever step foot on this earth, and that is Kevin Durant, and they're still losing to Australia and Nigeria. And that is no disrespect to Australia and Nigeria. They have they're really good teams. They have really good players. But they should not be playing. They shouldn't be beating Team USA, especially in the I mean, I know it's just an exhibition again, but they should hell, these are the first I believe not this was the first time Nigeria has ever beaten Team USA. I know this is an exhibition, but this is the first time they've ever beaten Team USA. Hell, Team USA beat them a couple years ago by like 80 points. Go, you, you're not just going to beat people. One on, like You're not just going to beat people offensively. Another t- problem that Team USA has is they're, most of their best players, pretty much all of their best players are one-on-one players. KD is a one-on-one type player. Zach Levine's a one-on-one type player. Bradley Bill's a one-on-one type player. Uh, what's his name? Damian Lillard's a one-on-one type player. 
That's not going to work in international play, especially when did you know Luis Scola is still playing? Luis Scola. Yeah, Rocket Luis Scola. And I'm saying that to say these teams have been playing with each other and and been building and growing with each other for forever now. So you're not just going to beat someone one-on-one because they know their rotations. They know what they're doing. Yes, Team USA still has the best players, but they they they're not you know they're not just gonna beat you these okay these international players are still world class players at some 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 places and you're not just gonna you know bing 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 them to death because they're gonna run plays they're gonna they're gonna have defensive sets they're gonna do this and that now do I think that Team USA is going to lose. You know when they go to when they go to Tokyo, I don't think so. I think they're gonna they're gonna have their whole team. I think they're gonna get it together. But I do think they could lose. Let me say that I don't think that they will, because again, you still have the best players. But I think that they could. They could lose to a what a a a, a team that has a Luka Doncic and he goes crazy. They could lose to a team that has uh, Nikola Jokic. Like they could. Because as you're seeing, they they don't have a true big man. They don't have true size. And they don't have defense. They suck defensively. Their best two defenders is Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo. And while those are really good defenders, they're not not perimeter defenders. And you don't want them to be perimeter defenders because they're going to take that draws them away from the paint. And if that draws them away from the paint, I mean, your next best guess or your next best line of defense for paint defense is, what, KD and Jeremy Grant. And that's that's not going to work. Don't get me wrong, KD's cool, but th- no. So, I don't think that we should panic about Team USA losing. This it's not a panicable like let's 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 we don't need to panic. But I do think that you're starting to see the world is catching up to Team USA. They haven't caught up, but they're catching up to Team USA. And if Team USA doesn't bring their best, they are susceptible to lose. It, it used to be if Team USA doesn't bring their best, like they could still win by 2015. I think the 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 game where they didn't really play well at all and still won and almost lost, that was I think 2012. The championship when they're going up against Spain, I think it was. It was either 2008 or 2012. When they went up against Spain and they won by like 3 points or something. Kobe did the whole shush thing like that's the last time I think I remember them playing like garbage. But their talent got them over the top. Hell, was it FIBA? Didn't they just like finish fifth or something in FIBA? Like that's like, come on now. The world's catching up to Team USA. And there's, you can't just, you can't just, sorry for my language, you can't half-ass it anymore. You're going to have to play your best or it's it's just not. You know, you're susceptible to lose. And especially a team that doesn't play no type of defense. If It's going to be really it's going to be really tough. If yes, I understand you have world class scores. You have Dame, you have Bradley Bill, you have Zach Levine, you have uh, KD. But what if they're not hitting and you need defense to, to you know, stop a Luka? How are you going to do that? How are you going to stop Luka Doncic? Not saying that they're going to lose, but how are you going to stop that? 
How are you going to stop uh, Rudy Gobert from going crazy in the paint? How are you going to stop Nicole Jokic from going crazy in the paint? You know? So, yeah, man. I'm not panicking, but the sign we're starting to see, this, it's starting to become more than a trend as far as the world's catching up to Team USA. Do we still have the best talent? Yes, but they're, they're catching up. Moving forward. Uh, so, UFC 264 happened uh, this weekend or last weekend. And the biggest the biggest thing that happened was Dustin Poirier beats uh, Conor McGregor due to medical or doctor decision. Doctor stopped because Conor McGregor broke his leg. Like, he broke that leg. It was it was bad. I'm going to show some video. I'm not going to show uh, when he broke it, but I'm showing you some video of the fight, as you can see. Um, And the question now is, is Conor McGregor done? The last few fights, I mean, he's lost to Dustin Poirier twice. He lost to Khabib. He, we, we know what happened with the Floyd thing. Like, he, his last few fights, he's lost. Not cause, Like, I think he's lost... For the last five fights, I believe. Um, here's why I say I think he's done. Now, a lot of people say KD was done after he ruptured his Achilles. And as we're seeing, KD is still playing his best basketball. But here's the reason why I say Conor McGregor is done after this injury. Because you had to get screws and rods in his leg. That's going to take a year plus to heal. And he's already, like... I think 34, 35 or something like that. Not to mention, I don't know. I, I know, you know, these rods that that's in, in, you know, fight, you know, people's leg after they break. I know that they're there to sustain you from, you know, you can run. I know you can walk, but I don't think that they're really made to be kicking people. I don't think you're supposed to be putting your leg through all that force kicking people. Also, Conor McGregor hasn't been the same since the Floyd Mayweather fight. Now, a lot of people are attributing that to the money that he made. He doesn't really take the sport seriously anymore. I don't know. What I'm saying is he's he he's starting to he's starting to be more of a of a of a big name by names by by what he did. Stan, Shannon Sharp, shouts out to Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp compared him to someone perfectly right now and that's Ronda Rousey. Do I think that uh do I think that Conor McGregor is going to go to WWE? No. Do I think he could? Yes, he's a showman. Conor McGregor at this point is more of a showman than a fighter. Now, I'm not saying that to say like I could be uh, he'll destroy me, but Conor McGregor is more of a showman. And you're starting to see, you know, Khabib and Dustin Poirier like you're starting to see people like people aren't aren't phased by it now. Of course, you're gonna sell tickets. You're gonna sell pay per views. The people aren't really phased with that anymore. Like he's lost most like his last few fights badly too. Like they didn't end in decision. Like they ended with not TKO, KO, um, submission. Like it. it yeah, I, I just think he's done because he hasn't looked good before the injury. And this injury is going to take a year, like a longer than a year to come back. 
Because you're going to have to, of course, let it heal after surgery. Then you're going to have to build it up the strength if you're going to fight again. Then you have to trust yourself and being able to, you know, throw those kicks in and plant well. Like you're going to it's going to take almost probably if we're really being honest with it, it might take two, maybe two years. He's going to be older. The sport's going to going to going to continue to go and it's going to speed up to him. Like I just I'm not look, I'm not here to 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 bash anyone. I'm not here to to wish wish anyone's career to be over. That's that's no. But I will say that um it just it, it just feels like it's over. I hope it's not uh, if if it does if he doesn't want him to be, he doesn't have to be, but I it just feels over. And when I say over, is 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 Conor McGregor can he fight again? Of course. He, after two years, he can definitely fight again. But I don't think that he's good enough to win a title fight anymore. I don't I don't think he was good enough to win a title fight really after the whole Floyd Mayweather fight. And he hasn't really, you know, what happened with, this is the third fight with Dustin Poirier uh, and with Khabib. I, I just don't think he's good enough to win a title fight. And especially after this injury, I just don't think he'll be there anymore. And I think... Conor McGregor, or the notorious Conor McGregor, as we call himself, will now be. Uh, it'll be because of his name and what he's done before, instead of what he's done now and and, and moving forward. So, um, I you know, I I I wish him a speedy recovery, uh, but it just it just feels it just feels like that that injury kind of was the nail in the coffin for his successful for for his career let me say this for his career so um i could be wrong if i'm wrong hey i I don't mind admitting it but it just feels like it so and lastly shouts out to pete uh alonzo uh the other night for winning the the home run derby you know i always (laughs) i never I always find a way to to I'm not gonna say crap on on MLB, but MLB is behind the eight ball in a lot of areas when it comes to you know fan interactions, when it comes to uh, improving their game. They're they they are late to the party a lot. But one thing that I will say is the MLB does a hell of a job with their All Star weekends, like the Home Run Derby. In my opinion, brings this nearly the same excitement that the three point contest does. Like I was watching in awe, saying, "Bro, how the hell are they hitting this?" And it doesn't. The 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 beauty about the home run derby is it doesn't even look like they're swinging hard. How the hell is this man hitting this ball five hundred feet in the air, like effortlessly? Shouts out to to Juan Soto. Shouts out to Otani. Shouts out to to Trey. Uh, Man, Manzuri, I believe, um, from the Baltimore Orioles. Shout out to Story from the Rockies. They put on an incredible, an incredible, incredible home run derby. And again, it's not just the home run derby; it's the All Star game as well. The All Star game is is fun to watch. So, again, I I am not I'm not the biggest MLB fan. I mean, I, I'm I'm not I'm not here saying I you know. I will stand on the table for MLB, but I will give it props when it deserves its props. And they do a hell of a job with their all-star, I guess, 
week weekend whatever hell even the celebrity game was 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 fun watching Quavo go up against DK Metcalf it was fun the the MLB does a beautiful job when it now now first of all I don't know why it came on after the home run derby that was confusing to me but never nevertheless the MLB does an incredible job with their all-star um they're all star, I guess, week, weekend, whatever you want to call it. And shouts out to Pete Alonzo. That man was bro, his first round, I think he had the, the most home runs in in the history of the most home runs in a first round. Now I know I believe that uh Ken Griffey, I believe, has the most I think he had like forty. And I know a lot Pete Alonzo, he had thirty four his first round. And he was pretty much coasting. Like, he didn't need his whole... He didn't need extra time at all in the second round. In the third round, he didn't need... He didn't need his full... Uh, his full uh, extra... Like, that man... Now, again, this is this is back-to-back. Back. Of course, they didn't go in 2020 because of COVID. But he won in 2019. And then now he won in 2020. And he... Bruh, he was hitting... Bruh. It's just... It just amazes me. You know, there's... There's... <laughs> There's 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 things that just that just blow my mind and that is one of them the fact that you can hit a ball and it doesn't even look like you I understand it's it's force and and speed and trajectory and everything but I don't understand I, I can bro I will obliterate my shoulder if I try to hit a ball as far as they was hitting that jump it was it was it was crazy man so shouts out to Pete Alonso shouts out to uh, the home run derby shouts out to the um the 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 National League, you know, shouts out shouts out for the National League, they're them winning the the home run derby and and shouts out to to baseball. So yeah, the home run derby was definitely definitely fun to watch. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. You you know, uh, if you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Go get yours today. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm, I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so anything would help. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. So, I typed the text to a girl I used to know. Like, baby, I done changed. See, I had some time to grow. No, what's the reply? Followed by my wife. Like, you don't need nobody that's going to follow by your side. She said, when are you going to know exactly how it feels? Intelligence now. Nah. My mama told me treat her like a lady. 
My niggas say treat her like a thot. Look, I know you worth it, but I got a couple problems being perfect. And I know you got a heart, but I got one too. For I ever fuck it up, I'ma say fuck you. It ain't easy when she see I got a check. Playing tests like check. Her eyes start to twinkle when she looking at my neck. All she say is he next. She call a nigga Peloton, say she wanna ride the bike. She make a nigga ego go high tonight. I hope I don't have to tell a lie tonight. Yeah, so we can lie tonight. I know you ain't hired a man, but you working hard to find a man. You work on yourself, you work on your plans. We working hard to work on the pants. Don't shit, I be shooting shots, baby. I don't miss when I tell the truth, baby. That ain't it. You say it's me, but we both toxic. You want a nigga with a million or a billion? Want somebody that be really ballin' on affiliate? Well, that come with a price, no pun intent. You say you want a nigga that's gon' pay that rent. Don't cook, don't clean, cause you ain't no maid. Don't serve no nigga, cause you ain't no slave. What if they call you a bitch and you look at me? And I say, trick, I am not your security. Like, what would you think? Would you be in shock or not even blink? Would you expect anything? Oh, cause I'm a man and that's what it brings To my unborn girl, yeah, you know you my world If you fuck with any nigga, I'ma need a referral And if you know you got a role, better play your part Cause that's common for me if we break your heart It ain't easy when she see I got a check